Good morning. My name is Mike, and I'm making this podcast because I like to learn and create new things, and because I'm hoping to get the word out about something else that I've made called the Flex Deck. The Flex Deck is a single deck of multi-purpose playing cards that lets you play dominoes, word games, and your traditional poker or rummy. If you like games or you'd like to support this podcast, I hope you'll check us out at flexdeckplayingcards.com. Today I'm reading the Everglades National Park article from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. That website and this podcast are the places to go to for the questions, not the answers. For the answers, I encourage you to support your local library. Park History Floridians hoping to preserve at least part of the Everglades began to express their concern over diminishing resources in the early 20th century. Royal Palm State Park was created in 1916. It included several trails and a visitor center several miles from Homestead. Miami-based naturalists first proposed that the area become a national park in 1923. Five years later, the Florida state legislator established the Tropical Everglades National Park Commission to study the formation of a protected area. The commission was led by Ernest F. Coe, a land developer turned conservationist who was eventually nicknamed Father of Everglades National Park. Coe's original plan for the park included more than two million acres, including Key Largo and Big Cypress and his unwillingness to compromise almost prevented the park's creation. Various other interests, including land developers and sport hunters, demanded that the size of the park be decreased. The commission was also tasked with proposing a method to raise the money to purchase the land. The search coincided with the arrival of the Great Depression in the United States, and money for land purchase was scarce. The U.S. House of Representatives authorized the creation of the new National Park on May 30, 1934, but it passed only with a rider that ensured no money would be allotted to the project for at least five years. Coe's passion and U.S. Senator Spessard Holland's politicking helped to fully establish the park. After Holland was able to negotiate 1,300,000 acres of the park, leaving out Big Cypress, Key Largo, in the Turn River area, and a 22,000-acre, or 89-kilometer-squared, tract of land called, quote, the Hole in the Donut, end quote, that was too highly valued for agriculture. Miami Herald editor John Penkamp was instrumental in pushing the Florida legislator to raise $2 million to purchase the private land inside the park boundaries. It was dedicated by President Harry Truman on December 6, 1947, one month after Marjorie Stoneman Douglas's book, quote, The Everglades, River of Grass, end quote, was released. In the same year, several tropical storms struck South Florida, prompting the construction of 1,400 miles of canals, sending water unwanted by farmers and residents to the ocean. The Central and Southern Florida Flood Control Project was authorized by Congress to construct more than 1,000 miles of canals and flood control structures across South Florida. The C&SF, run by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, established an agricultural area 
directly south of Lake Okeechobee, and three water conservation areas, all bordered by canals that diverted excess water either to urban areas or into the Atlantic Ocean, Gulf of Mexico, or Florida Bay. South of these man-made regions was Everglades National Park, which had been effectively cut off from its water supply. By the 1960s, the park was visibly suffering. The CNSF was directed to provide enough water to sustain the park. It did not follow through. A proposed airport that would have dire environmental effects on Everglades National Park became the center of a battle that helped to initiate the environmental movement into local and national politics. The airport proposal was eventually abandoned, and in 1972, a bill was introduced to curb development in South Florida and ensure the national park would receive the amount of water it needed. Efforts turned to repairing the damage wrought by decades of mismanagement. The Army Corps of Engineers changed its focus in 1990 from constructing dams and canals to constructing, quote, purely environmental projects, end quote. Regions originally included in Ernest Coe's vision for a national park were slowly added over the years to the park or incorporated into other protected areas. Biscayne National Park, Big Cypress National Preserve, John Pennekamp Coral Reef State Park on Key Largo, 10,000 Islands National Wild Refuge, and the Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary were all protected after the park's opening in 1947. Everglades National Park was designated an International Biosphere Reserve on October 26, 1976. On November 10, 1978, most of the park was declared a wilderness area. Wilderness designations cover 1,296,505 acres in 2003, about 86% of the park. It was listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site on October 24, 1979, and as a wetland of international importance on June 4, 1987. It was placed on the list of World Heritage in Danger from 1993 until 2007, and then again in 2010. Restoration Efforts President George H.W. Bush signed the Everglades National Park Protection and Expansion Act on December 13, 1989. That added 109,506 acres to the eastern side of the park, closed the park to airboats, directed the Department of the Army to restore water to improve the ecosystems within Everglades National Park, and, quote, directed the Secretary of the Interior to manage the park in order to maintain the natural abundance, diversity, and ecological integrity of native plants and animals, as well as the behavior of native animals as part of their ecosystem, end quote. Bush remarked in his statement when signing the act, quote, through this legislation, that river of grass may now be restored to its natural flow of water, end quote. In 2000, Congress approved the Comprehensive Everglades Restoration Plan, or CERP, a federal effort to restore the Everglades with the objectives of, quote, restoration, preservation, and protection of the South Florida ecosystem while providing for other water-related needs of the region, end quote, and claiming to be the largest environmental restoration in history. It was a controversial plan. 
detractors worried that it, quote, relies on uncertain technologies, overlooks water quality, subsidizes damaging growth, and delays its environmental benefits, end quote. Supporters of the plan included the National Audubon Society, who were accused by Friends of the Everglades and the Biodiversity Legal Foundation of prioritizing agricultural and business interests. CERP projects are designed to capture 1.7 billion U.S. gallons of fresh water every day, store it in the underground reservoirs, and release the water to areas within 16 counties in South Florida. Approximately 35,600 acres of man-made wetlands are to be constructed to confine contaminated water before it is released to the Everglades, and 240 miles or 390 kilometers of canals that divert water away from the Everglades are to be destroyed. During the first five years of implementation, CERP was responsible for the purchase of 207,000 acres of land at a cost of $1 billion. The plan aims to spend $10.5 billion over 30 years, combining 50 different projects and giving them five-year timelines. Everglades National Park was directly hit by Hurricanes Katrina, Wilma, and Rita in 2005. Such storms are a natural part of the park's ecosystem. 1960s Hurricane Donna left nothing in the mangroves but standing dead snags several miles wide. But 30 years later, the area had completely recovered. Predictably, what suffered the most in the park from the 2005 hurricanes were man-made structures. In 2009, the visitor's center and lodge at Flamingo were irreparably damaged by 125 mile per hour or 201 kilometers per hour winds and an 8-foot or 2.4-meter storm surge. The lodge had been functioning for 50 years when it was torn down. Nothing is slated to replace it. Park Economics Everglades National Park reported in 2005 a budget of over $28 million. Of that, $14.8 million is granted from the National Park Service and $13.5 million from various sources including CERP, donations, and other grants. The entry fee for vehicles in 2006 ranged from $10 to $200 for bus tours. Of the nearly 1 million visitors to Everglades National Park in 2006, more than 38,000 were overnight campers, paying $16 a night or $10 a night for backcountry permits. Visitors spent $2.6 million within the park and $48 million in local economies. More than 900 jobs were sustained or created within or by the park, and the park added value of $35 million to local economies. Well, that'll make this that for now. This is Mike with FlexDeckPlayingCards.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. My apologies for any mistakes or mispronunciations that I may have made. The words are not my own. This is just a reading of Wikipedia. If you'd like to support this podcast, I hope you'll visit our website. Again, that's flexdeckplayingcards.com. Or you can leave us a review on whatever service it is that you're listening to this. Thanks again. Have a great day.